There they were, our ex-boyfriends. What are they doing together? What are they friends now? Apparently, this is bad. What do you think they're talking about? What do you think they're talking about? Their dogs? Yeah, here's their dog conversation. How's your dog? Good. How's yours? Good. Was that those two bitches who ruined our lives? good enough for me <laughs> are we really the hops. are we really uh yeah, yeah um that, that's how yeah that's how that's one that's how that one want to get started so <laughs> all right so i'm ready to defend miranda's honor is this a case of like ugly duckling syndrome or what because i feel like i know for me whenever i would talk about sex and city with people i would always compare myself to miranda and i think it's mostly because her character is very cynical but you feel like she's at least i guess maybe the most in touch with reality or maybe she's like overly cynical but i think with this last rewatching i definitely find myself not as cynical as Miranda Hobbs. So I'm a bit kind of up in the air about my film with Miranda. In the show notes that I created for us, she has like the least amount of like important episodes. Her important moments are basically all through Steve, which that's not necessarily the best thing. I love you. I love you, Steve. I'm sorry. I should never have said that. It's just that I love you and I messed everything up and now it's too late. I'm sorry I'm doing this. I'm sorry. Please don't look at me. I love you, too. You do? I mean, come on. What about Debbie? I know, but... Miranda, you're the one. But Kevin, I want to I want to clear you out first. So, in defense of Miranda Hobbs, yes. I'll I'll let you take the mic from here. Everything leading up to all the episodes and all the watching leading up to this week, I was focused on largely on Carrie, on Samantha, and Charlotte. So that was the main people that I was watching, and Miranda was always kind of like she had plot D in the show, and so. When we talked last week, obviously, we were like, are we even going to be able to do a whole episode about Miranda? Because, of course, Miranda is cynical. She doesn't have the greatest storylines. She doesn't really have anything truly memorable. She is the first one to have a baby. She's the one that kind of had the first medical scare from right with the panic attack. I can't remember if she was the first one to really have that serious moment because she was like, um, I'm all the I'll, I'm all alone moment. I mean, I've, I've been there personally with the whole stressing yourself out and end up in the hospital with a panic attack. It's not fun so she got some serious work but at the same time none of her stuff was as glamorous like she got funny plots like they thought she was a lesbian so her boss tried to hook her up with a lesbian and obviously she tried it out wasn't for her she 
of course, was the one who dated Skipper, and Skipper was Steve Light, and Skipper was there for like, what, two seasons before he disappeared, and he was always played off for a joke, and then she was always played off for a joke, but we talk about how successful Samantha is and how somehow Carrie is successful. And of course, Charlotte, she didn't have to be successful. She was already rich. (laughs) But Miranda is the most self-made out of the four of them. So I feel like when we're dealing with Miranda, she's probably the most relatable character because she's not a a novelist in the city uh, writing about her friends. She's not Charlotte York waiting to be swept off her feet and have this romantic fairy tale. She's not waiting to get laid all the time like Samantha. I mean, don't get me wrong. She's totally about it. But that's not what she's built off of. She's cynical because that's just kind of way that New York has bred her since she's been there. She worked hard to get where she's at. She's in an all-male law firm where she's biting and scratching every single day to kind of survive that circumstance and make her way up in a man's world. And at the end of the day, sometimes she just goes home and orders the same old Chinese food and thinks that the server at the restaurant's laughing at her about it. So it's not so much that she's boring or not interesting. It's just that she's the most regular out of the four. And so in that sense, I feel like she's important, but she can also be easily overlooked. Do you like her? I didn't hear anything that says you actually like her character. I do like Miranda. I hated her when they played her as the foil for plot A or B, where it's like she has to come in and be like, the one with the dose of the truth all the time. And then, you know, and they're like, oh, I can't believe you said that, Miranda. She's like, well, I'm just being honest. Like, she always was that person who was the voice of reason. And that sucks. But I do like Miranda's character. I do like her story arc throughout the show. It's just not as glitz and glam as it is with the other three men. So I do like Miranda, and I think she's important to the dynamic. You can't have the show without Miranda. She's serviceable. I don't I don't fundamentally disagree with you, by the way, but like I really feel like she becomes the wall that the other women get to hang their experiences on. And compared to the wall, those experiences look so much glitzier and fancier. And like, yes, it doesn't really make her feel like a member of the team quite as much as it makes her feel like a witness to like what's happening around her. And considering she's not the POV character, I think that's very hard to to find likable like i'm not saying it's not important but i don't i don't know i i at no point was i like ah yes miranda like first of all i was mad at her for (laughs) shitting on skipper all the time because skipper was a goddamn gem that was like so great (laughs) Mm -hmm. don't you just want to lie like this forever well for a few minutes anyway i missed you now, I want you to know that that other woman doesn't mean a thing to me. Oh, that's all right. I don't mind if you keep seeing her. Oh, God, no. I broke up with her the second that you called. Skipper, you didn't have to do that. Of course I did. I was so happy to hear from you that we were still doing it while I was talking to you, and I didn't even realize it. You're kidding, right? No. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> crazy. Listen, Skipper, I'm not ready for a full-blown relationship thing. What? I mean, we can see each other and still see other people, right? No. No, we can't. At least I can't. Why did you call me back anyway? I'm, I'm sorry, I thought... I, I'm not your private stud horse, you know? Miss Dial-a-Fuck. Come here. You know... Come back. I, I'm tired of being jerked around. 
I hope you find what you're looking for. Even though Skipper w- was playing, the, I'm such a nice guy. He he totally. Except like I think he he might have actually been all right. Like I think I think mm-hmm. his issue was that he was like actually a nice guy and got shitted on a lot. They're all I nice guys think... until they do something wrong. Right, but I yeah, I, I think that he is kind of the purer version of that. Because there are a lot of guys that are like, oh, I'm such a nice guy. And, like, they're not. Right. Like, I think Skipper is actually, like, a proper, like, nice guy who doesn't have, like, enough of a backbone to really stand up for himself until he's been kind of shat on a lot. Whereas I think a lot of, like, quote-unquote nice guys are not nice. They feel entitled to affection or love or sex or whatever their preferred medium is and then by like not assaulting women they and and by the way they usually do assault women in some way or another but whatever by by not violently assaulting women they feel like they are entitled to that love sex and affection and then they get like so but i'm a nice guy about it when they don't get it which i don't think skipper really i don't think he really did that I don't, yeah, I don't get that vibe for Skipper. The other thing that kind of bothers me is that I do really feel like Miranda is largely defined by her men. And that's I've, not really a character. Yeah, I was going to say, I think of the four, I would say she is the most. So basically, like, her journey is she's this hardened single woman and then she meets the guy that's like ultimately like the guy for her but she's too stubborn to kind of accept that Mm -hmm. and then bam she has a kid with him so now he's like he has to be there because he's a father on a fluke mind you like can we talk about this yeah yes and so so you you could still you could still have sex Uh uh-oh yeah, that that was I forgot that's how Brady got here. I forgot that was a big catalyst of that whole whole uh, relationship was the fact that uh your your man had to prove his manhood literally. Yeah. Uh-huh. It works. <laughs> it worked all right. It worked a little too well. So, I would say kind of in the same way that Charlotte her whole driving force is to have a husband and then to have like a baby have the babies Miranda's whole thing was she's basically crashing and burning with all these like situationships she gets into until season 4 when season 4 comes basically when that's when she got pregnant and gave birth at the end of that season mm-hmm. um and then the last final season she basically spent it like trying to win steve or whatever so her her kind of story arc if you like kind of the cynical kind of like smart assery-ness of her <laughs> i think that's i think that's kind of one thing but like they really don't give her much to do other than that other than just the last like the first like three seasons so it's it's a bit of a tough hang for miranda i would say this is all your fault. What? You introduced me to Madeline. I could have hired a nice gay decorator and none of this would have happened. But then Madeline and Jeremy might never have met. Yes, and Jeremy would have fallen in love with me. It's not like musical chairs. Why not me? What am I doing wrong? Am I invisible? Can I help you? I live here! I also feel like it's another one of those ones where it's like, by the time she shows up, as a character it's late 
like you're like oh god oh she's here too right okay and now, like what's her thing now i really think the pacing of this show the more i reflect on it is like its biggest shortfall i can totally see that I feel like they had a really solid concept for the first season, and then as they started to realize that a very popular television program on their hands, and that perhaps they needed to make a lot more, they started scrabbling for what else they could introduce and how. And I feel that it feels very uneven, because... Suddenly the side characters are co-leads and like there's no smooth transition in my opinion. There really isn't. It's just kind of thrust, pun intended. Thrust uh, in the city. Yeah, it's, it was just kind of thrust into our laps. It's like, and now this is happening. Isn't this fun? We like this. And it's like, I guess. Yeah, I don't love the pacing either because I, we've mentioned this before already. How, again, once the show became popular, they had to kind of spread the love around. But, I mean, honestly, the the original plan for Sex and the City, I would imagine, like, if it stayed true to the artistic vision of the writers and the creators and everything, I'd assume it would be about Carrie Bradshaw. And they introduced the, the your Samantha and your Charlotte and your Miranda. But they would have definitely focused more on Carrie and her friends would have had less of a role. While, yeah, I mean, you still kind of tell their stories. There's plenty of shows out there where the leading lady or the leading man gets their story told while these other characters grow in the background without them actually being brought to the forefront. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Malachi. And this is Alejandra. And you're sitting on the couch and your life is passing you by because you're not watching Insert Name Here. Catch us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you missed us, you can catch us on Friday on Spotify and Amazon. Yeah, obvious nonsense, gang, gang. Hyper podcast squad, you never take us down. Show got popular. They had to expand, expand the universe, so to speak, and try to make it something that could sustain itself. And they did a good enough job, but it wasn't the best job. From everything that we saw about how they built out Carrie and her uh, shortcomings, I don't even know if I want that show, honestly. I think you guys are right. I think that in the beginning, there's this kind of one idea what this show could be, and then it became popular, then they had to pivot from that. So that's why you can kind of tell how Charlotte, Miranda, and Samantha, they're basically just on the peripheral, and then because they're going to be there longer than now we have to get the more solidified story arc so uh there's definitely a lot of pitfalls in that but this is just like the carry show and then like there was like the three people that just like kept revolving in and out i think that's an even worse show than that the book is just the carry book that's what i thought that's what i thought i've never read the book but i mean i, I definitely could see that idea being what the original plan was the other girls are kind of in it, or versions of them are kind of in it, but, like, Carrie Bradshaw is the character, and I feel like that's what the first couple seasons of the show is doing, and I'm not saying that changing that was good or bad, you know, but, like, I do think that it sure did happen, and, you know, we all have to kind of deal with that now. Right. And... There's pluses and minuses to that. Um, <laughs> like, I do think Samantha Jones is a huge plus, even though I said a lot of stuff about her last two weeks ago, and Charlotte as well. But they do add, like, a life and a vitality to the show that I don't think really existed in the novel. 
at least the, the bits that I read, I didn't finish it. But I also think that the way that they're introduced to me seems pretty clear that they had a three series, a three season arc in mind and then got ordered for three more. And they had to kind of start filling teasing, in the blanks, teasing people out a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we got six seasons, but Sex and the City wouldn't be the same. Uh, it wouldn't be the IP that it is without the the six seasons and the movies and the world building as convoluted and as funny and strange as we talked about it being. The whole thing just works somehow. So if we didn't, we only had three seasons of just Carrie, it, it would just be another HBO show, which is crazy to think about instead of it being one of the HBO shows. Yeah, the thing. Mm-hmm. I also wonder if part of the reason that the characters like subsequently teasing out from Carrie, so Carrie, then Samantha, then Charlotte, then Miranda, are like less and less remarkable because their styles are like less iconic and their kind of looks are less focused on and their kind of iconography is less defined. Because I feel like there were a lot of movies and television shows and stuff that existed in in the mid 2000s that were like almost Carrie Bradshaw fan fiction. Yes. Like Confessions of a Shopaholic or like even Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen is basically what if Carrie Bradshaw was a teenager before they made that what if Carrie Bradshaw was a teenager show. And I feel like that's because Carrie and to some extent Samantha, but mostly Carrie's like iconography is very defined. And that was very desirable at the time. Oh, the blonde girl making her way with the closet full of fashion in the big city. Uh, yes, please. Or the foul mouth blonde girl who runs successful businesses fucking her way through the city. Yes, please. <laughs> Jeez. Where's the lie? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I didn't say you were lying, but no, I get you. So, so do you like Miranda? Hold on. You so yeah, that... I was so I was gonna say so we're tap dancing around the brick a little bit on this yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. After this last rewatch, do I like Miranda? <sighs> <laughs> That's a deep sigh. I think I'm gonna have to say no, man. I don't dislike Cynthia's Nixon uh, performance. Just not that. It's just that it's so funny. You you would assume like the older I get, the more cynical I would become. But I felt like in the moment, especially watching the show, I felt real like kind of like the smart assery, like Larry David like type shit. And so that's why I really did fuck with Miranda a lot. But mm-hmm. now it's just kind of like looking at re- looking at this rewatch I just finished. It's like she was negative about fucking like everything. Everything. She like, broke up the Carrie and Big's wedding. Let's not leave it out. <laughs> She's yes, she killed everything. Yeah. The voice guess, of reason was the voice of meanness. And I guess it's kind of like the stereotypical kind of New York East Coast type of thing where someone in the group has to be like the negative Nancy or whatever, but she was just <laughs> as the resident New Englander here. And I'm aware that that New York is not technically in New England, but it's close enough because we're known for being even bitchier than them. There's a difference between being a negative Nancy and like a little bit snarky and like worldly in that regards and just being a bitch. <laughs> and I don't know that they totally got that. I don't know that they nailed that that dismount. Yeah, she definitely has bitch vibes. Um, 
big bitch vibes. The problem with her bitch vibes is throughout the series, when she drops that realness on them, it's always like, oh, how could you say that? Like, uh, and then Miranda like backs it up with a point. Do you want to go to the Hopper exhibit Saturday afternoon? Oh, I can't. I have to work. I lied. I don't have to work. I'm meeting Big for lunch, and I didn't think you'd approve. Wait, you're meeting Big? He called. He sounded upset, and he said he needed to talk. Since when does Big talk? What does that mean? He's upset about Natasha leaving. You know, okay, you know what? I'm not holding your hand through this again. I'm not asking you to hold my anything. We're just having lunch. (laughs) It's a huge mistake. It is not a huge mistake. It's lunch. Wake up, Carrie. How many more times are you going to go through this? He is bad for you. Jesus, every time you get near him, you turn into this pathetic, needy, insecure victim. And the thing that pisses me off the most is that you're more than willing to go right back for more. I am not going back for more, and I can't even believe... I can't believe you would say that to me. If you start up with Big again... I am not starting up with Big again. Well, if you do, I don't want to know anything about it. I mean it, Carrie. No calls, no crying. Oh, what are you going to do, Miranda? Are you going to cut me out of your life like you did to Steve? What? The first sign of any little weakness or flaw, and you just write people off. My God, Miranda, you are so judgmental. (gasps) Oh, what, you can say that I'm pathetic and needy and I can't say anything to you? You know, everybody's not as tough as you, Miranda. Some of us make mistakes. Perfect. That's just perfect. Walk away. It's all my fault. But then the thing is, when she's supposed to be growing and learning from her lesson, from her previous thoughts and stuff like that and being cynical, when she has those moments, they're always quiet, reserved moments at home or after this, this her plot has ended. And it always feels like she's literally, as she mentioned, she is alone and she's learning these things on her own. So because she's not growing in her plot with her friends and she's doing it individually, again, that goes into the whole idea of her kind of being this fourth character who is inserted into this main trio that fits but doesn't quite fit. And as you said, she's the observer of everything. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's hard for her to not just come off as the bitch when all her growth happens in private scenes or with Steve later or with Magda shit (laughs) or Steve's mom or Steve's mom. Yeah. So it's just real difficult to give her that humanization because when someone is growing and learning as a person, normally you, I could sit here and be like, Oh man, I'm growing. I'm learning every day. Uh, It's different. If Marcus and, is looking at me and saying, dude, I I can see some growth. Like other people should be able to see your growth. And no one got to see Miranda's growth because every time that she learned something, it's time for her to be a bitch again. So she had to come right in and start cutting into the heart of the matter. I think something also with Miranda, as much as she gets laid, she's like hella judgmental of these men's sexualities. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm on, (laughs) I'm looking at, season two episode i think this is seven and she's about to lay the guy who can only watch porno to get it up i guess i remember the guy that um he ate her ass and then in turn he wanted his ass ate she was mad judgmental of that like uh, (laughs) like the dude that went down on her 
and then wanted to kiss her afterwards and she wasn't about that like for as much sex as she was having with the multitude of dudes she was having it with she was you giving would, it in man you would assume wanted she wanted it her way yeah you would assume she would be not as open as samantha but you would assume she would be like that there would be any part. openness at all yeah and especially because like, she caught she so many bodies not even like it's not even like, oh, she's not open. It's like, nah, it's got to be exactly how she wants it or not at all. And, like, that's not interesting, respectfully. No. Especially partnered with no growth. Because if they make her grow, then they lose the bitch and they need the bitch. So. Yeah, you can't have Charlotte come in and start being a bitch. Right. it's like, oh, Charlotte has serious problems. And then turns into a very special episode of Sex in the City. <laughs> Damn. So. Can- can, no. Not to interrupt you, Marcus. I just wanna, I just wanted to talk about the fact that the only other person to win an Emmy on Sex and the City besides Sarah Jessica Parker is Cynthia Nixon. Do you want to hear her competition when she won in 2004? Now I do. <laughs> I for sure do now. I'm glad you said it because it'd been super awkward if you had said no. So Doris Roberts as Marine, Marine, Marie Barone on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yes, Megan Mullally. As Karen Walker and Will and Grace. Kristen Davis as Charlotte York Goldenblatt. Kim Cattrall as Samantha Jones. And then she was nominated. So they had three nominees in this category. Only other competition is Karen Walker and Marie Barone. And a three out of five chance, Cynthia Nixon pulls it home for episodes one and the ick factor of Sex and the City. What year was that you said? 2004? Yes. I mean... Is her character funny? Yes. Like, her whole one-liners are funny, but that doesn't mean I want to hang out with her ass. Like, like <laughs> of the hanging out power rankings of Sex in the City, of all the characters in this show, like, she's, like, in the bottom quadrant. Like Out she's... of all the characters? Like, including I'm you t- hang out with Burger before you hang out with... <laughs> I mean, no, I wouldn't go that deep. Like, all right. He's right. in the 99 percentile of getting fucked, um, <laughs> but for her, man, like it's it's a hard hang, you know, because it's like it, you know, because the funny thing is like, okay, she comes off as mega aggressive, whatever, whatever. It'd be like one thing if you were like, well, if, if you get to know her, like, okay, if I get to know her and I slept with her, she may be judgmental of me, like, like I don't necessarily kind of want those vibes, Steve. I mean, Steve won the Infinity Gauntlet, I guess. But um, <laughs> is that really an Infinity Gauntlet? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but he uh, he won it all right, and so have, he he can have that. I'm I'm good on that. He won it so much that because she was at work so much, he just felt compelled to cheat in the first movie, and then spent the whole movie making it up to her. Yeah. I don't like Miranda in the movie. I, I'll say that now. I don't like Miranda in the movie, and that probably jaded me a lot. I, the first movie, uh, or the second movie for that matter. But I do not like her arc in the first movie. I don't like it at all. So that that really did jade me about Miranda coming into this episode and into the show, honestly. In the second movie, she doesn't have anything to do. Like That's, right. that's like the long and short of it. In the first movie, I mean, there's no real room to like her so basically like steve cheated yeah it's funny like her character is so mishandled that when she gets cheated on she is she's the villain (laughs) oh she is because because 
Steve, obviously, you drove me to do it. And then they make her the reason that Big freaked out on the wedding day because he's like, why does anybody ever she, anybody get married? It just ruins everything. Uh, makes a big deal about that. And then, the, and then she tells Carrie when they go out for Valentine's Day about what happened. And Carrie's like, you had kept this from me for nine months? And Miranda's just like, uh, <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's no good for Miss Hobbs, Brady, man. It's no good. Hey, what's up, everybody? WWE Hall of Famer, The Godfather here. Special shout out to B Hyphen and Handsome Bane for the WrestleCast Power Hour. And it's available everywhere. Podcasts or streams. So everybody check them out. You know the Godfather will. And it's time once again for everybody at the Hyphen Podcast Group to come aboard the whole train. Cat, do you have anything remarkably deep to say about the Miranda character? <laughs> like you, you did a lot, you did a really good job on the other three women. I don't know. I think we need you to save us on this one. Cause... Hey, I'm trying here. I'm trying. Uh, it's hard, bro. Cardi <laughs> <laughs> just do that defending Skipper. Like that was my magnum opus did. for this episode. And it doesn't have anything to do with our. Oh, I also made the argument that she's kind of there to be like the relatable wall that everybody else's glitter looks a little sparklier on. At the end of the day, she's there to make everybody else look nicer. And I think that she suffers the most from, oh, someone needs to be like the bad guy, the downer, the conflict in this episode. Somebody needs to to make this a conversation, not just like everybody agreeing. Somebody, you know, and, and as a side effect of that, not only is her introduction as like an important character kind of rushed and jarbled, but I think that she's very inconsistent as a character because she learns a lesson and then immediately at, at the lunch in the next episode, she's the bitch again because they need somebody to be for the plot. So can we come to the conclusion that the best thing about Miranda Hobbs is Skipper and Steve? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think the answer's got to be yes. It's got to be. Uh, that's tough. I mean, <laughs> that's tough. I mean, you, I was surprised you didn't bring up Robert. I mean, he oh, was yeah, there for such a small time. Robert was taxing. I, I think the the one of the last funniest moments of this show was well, actually, the last funniest moment of the show is when they broke up, and then Robert dumped on her in the hallway. The only thing more uncomfortable than a bikini wax is an elevator ride with an ex. Luckily, Miranda had figured out a way to avoid that. Unfortunately, Robert had also. Robert, hi. Okay, I guess I deserve that. Robert, I'm, I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt you. Steve and I just fell back in love. Oh. And so what was that, your little halftime show? What? Not at all. I never thought that Steve and I would get back together or I never would have started up with you. I hope you understand that. Well, I'll try. And I hope you understand when you get my bill. Your bill? Yeah, my bill. For services rendered. You know, my stud fee. Robert, come on. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, it's cool. I got you seeing. You're a busy working mother. Too tired to go out and eat, call Hune in kitchen. Too tired to go out and fuck. 
Call Robert. That's not true. Sure it is. Fast food, fast fuck. You were not a fast fuck. No, you're right. I wasn't. I was slow, nice and slow. Just the way you liked it. Oh, Robert. Ooh. Yes! Ooh, Robert! Oh, God, Robert! Ooh. No man has ever been in this deep. What are you doing back? I gave Robert custody of the elevator. What? We're moving my stuff in here next week, and you gave him the elevator? You're lucky I didn't give him Brady. I bumped into him on the stairs. How bad was it? Hug me. Oh, it's that bad, huh? Oh. So we can't ever use the elevator? Not between 8 a.m. and 10 p.m.? We have a baby in a stroller. I know. Why, why, why did I have to shit where I eat? Right, look. He's just upset and a blowover. I don't think so, Steve. The man is crazy in love with me, and now he's acting out, talking about how I said no man's ever been in me that deep. What? Nothing. Steve. Nothing. I'm fine. But before that, when he was taxing and Steve walked in on him, that shit was pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, Whoa, jeez, whoa! Oh, whoa, whoa, hey! What are you doing here? Ah. Oh my god, are you okay? Ow, ow, I'm seeing spots. Oh, let me take a look at that. Oh. Oh. Whoa, who the hell are you? What are you doing here? Well, I forgot Brady's eardrops. What are you doing here? I took a personal day. I'm Robert. Oh. This is Robert. I'm a doctor. He's a doctor and my boyfriend. I'm sorry, is it weird that I just called you that? No, I like it. Uh... Hey, do you want to help me here or what? Oh. Yeah, yeah, let's take this in the bathroom. Can you get us some ice? Bend your head forward slightly and have a seat. So, uh, uh, how long have you two been hanging out? Oh, about a month. I, I was going to mention it when the time was right. I, I was just waiting for the right time. Uh, 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 keep applying pressure. So, anyway, this is Steve, Brady's dad. Good to meet you, Steve. Oh, my God, who's watching the baby? My ma. Ow. And Debbie. Yeah, he should be fine. It's just bruised. I'm going to need a tampon. What? What the fuck? It's a little trick we use at work. And some scissors. Here. Are you some those guy or something? No, I'm in sports medicine. For the Knicks. Adding insult to injury. So, that pretty much solves the problem of how Robert and Steve are going to meet. I guess I can check that off my list of things to do. I mean, that's kind of the thing. Like Of the characters, she's so much based in other people that like i i love steve and it's kind of like he got with her you know like it's just they <laughs> they I, use steve. i mean i guess she's the one that's the most available right now basically true i mean they they use steve to try to make her more likable so it's like the more that we have her fall in love with steve the more likable she's going to become which again isn't yeah. a great character trait no I mean, they gave her a baby, and she still wasn't very likable. So. Was she a good mom, though? I thought she was a pretty good mom um, for the probably. circumstances. I mean, they, from what we saw, I'm not obviously we're not saying that we don't know what happens when her and Brady are alone and Magda's not there, but you know. I mean, she she her kid is getting raised by her maid. She doesn't dress super fly. I don't know. She's nah. She's a mom. She's a, she's a mom. She's a mom. She, she cares. Shout out to the moms. 
Marcus doesn't care about you moms, but you know what? Shout out to you moms. I mean, I care if you invite me over for some milk and cookies, but <laughs> that's another different podcast. That's a different <laughs> podcast. Um, damn. So our, is our next mini series gonna be Mark's mom issues? Uh, no, thank nah. you. I will Those listen are... to that when I will not participate. Uh no, nah, I don't have. I will be the next issues. one in line, so no thanks. I'm, more, I'm probably more dad issues than mom issues, to be honest. But I mean, we gotta play the game before we end things on Miranda. I'm gonna go first. Kind of problematic, hella problematic, or burn stay problematic. I mean, she definitely has problematic parts about her, particularly for the, uh, as far as, like, her, not only the biphobic episode, but just her sort of not giving a shit about other people's sexuality or mm-hmm. other people's feelings. <laughs> Even though she's somewhat polite about it in some cases, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go hella problematic. Gut feeling, I'm gonna go hella problematic. I will join you in calling her hella problematic. Uh, this is not necessarily uh, Miranda's fault. She was written this way, but she was constantly used as a foil throughout the show to run up against whatever goals Carrie and Samantha and Charlotte were ultimately trying to get to. We mentioned that she's a wall. She had to be the voice of reason, and while she's been the voice of reason, she came off bitchy. She did get some cool storylines throughout the show as far as life events that the other girls did not get. But at the same time, the, her stories mattered so little that she never, she rarely rose above a C plot in your average episode of Sex in the City. Um, so she was always like the last plot of the show. And while she ultimately was the first one to get her happy, ever happy ever after with marrying Steve and we're having Brady first, then realizing she's in love with Steve and then marrying Steve, she kind of just was not fulfilled properly. And I know that that doesn't, I'm talking about her character more, but as far as just her actions towards her friends and the way she treated her relationships on the show and how she continuously didn't seem to learn anything from person to person, depending on who she was dealing with each episode. She's hella problematic. I'm going to go with kind of problematic because I don't think the character, I don't think it's problematic because initially we were talking about this scale as like burn the original. Like, I don't think it's on that scale to me. I think she's a poorly written character and it is shitty that she like, yeah, she's biphobic. Okay. So that's, bad and you know whatever but as a as a character i don't think that she is nearly as problematic as some of the others and i also think that she's a victim of subpar writing and plot convenience which is not really a a fault thing yeah me putting her into the hella problematic i think it's it's mostly just because i think her sexual politics are kind of fucked up but (laughs) that's fair other than that there's not very much problematic about her. I will say kind of on a positive on a positive note, especially for the four women in the, and the four stars of this show and the other one that they kind of subsequently bump into and run into. She's a, at times confident in herself, but she's she has to be a strong woman. Like she is very career oriented. She doesn't take shit from people at her job. Like I think those are kind of the things that are kind of admirable about her. Like you can tell, like she's she's a smart woman and she's funny, and she's an attractive woman trying to make it happen in New York City. Like that's kind of you know acceptable and admirable on a lot of levels. But 
I just think that, especially for a show that's centered on sex, like your sexual policy has got to be better than that. But I, I totally get what you're saying, Kat. Yeah, I think you have to be be of a certain appreciation of Sex in the City. Like you'd have to like love it, love it, in order for you to be able to really pull out all these nuances about Miranda. And it, it's so difficult to pull them out because I mean, who wants to spend ten minutes? talking about just her work ethic and how she put her career first and like how many times can you say that in 10 minutes differently between three people well no i was gonna say like it's not necessarily i don't think it's about necessarily loving miranda because like i said like when i grew up on the show like she was like one of my favorite characters like she was my favorite character i liked her when i first watched the show in a lot of ways more than samantha but it's just kind of like if you study the show on a way of like trying to actually understand the show, then you would really just see the first three seasons are Miranda getting bad dick. Or if, mm-hmm. if the dick she got was good, she was judgmental about it anyway. Right. So she it's kind of it. like it's not much to extrapolate there. And that's and that's why I said she was like hella problematic because the way, the way she thought about dudes, it was like I think having sexual proclivities like – I think we all have to kind of balance and manage that, but there's just something she would just kind of like, just sort of petty about, like, like the guy who like shit with the door open, you can literally just tell him to close the door when he's taking a shit, like, or taking a piss, like. What, yeah, she had like, Seinfeldian levels of petty. Yeah, and so it's kind of like you can tell they needed just something for her to do, and her thing was being mad about a guy who takes his shit and talks to her at the same time which if you've been if you've been in relationships like who has not had that level of conversation with their partner yeah so that was kind of it was funny but it was like this is not reality like people like people in relationships take shits they they take showers mm-hmm. take pisses and talk to their significant other like it's like we're, we're adults like we tolerate people I mean, we tolerate putting things in the people orifices. Like, we can tolerate someone taking a dump or a talk to them. Yeah, m- most people can. That's very true. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I'll put that in the stretch of the episode longer. <laughs> you, you can. Yeah, man. Everything uh, is content. Every fucking thing is content, baby. You know that. Yeah, uh, baby. Follow Cat at Cat underscore Trinity on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Follow Marcus at Sean at Love, S H O W I N M A D L O V on Twitter. Follow Kellen at B hyphen B H Y P H E N on Twitter and search hyphen podcast group on Instagram. Thanks for listening to the Great Sexpectations podcast series. We should do this again sometime. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?